daddy gonna stay in school and, and graduate. You're gonna die, Klaus! You can do it! Captain Insano shows no mercy. You can do it! I love my mama very much. Now you know that. Once again, things that could have been brought to my attention yesterday! Hello and welcome to The Sandler Pit, the podcast that sometimes gets angry but always manages to chill out by just relaxing and saying, Goose, Fraba. Right, this is a rough one for me. What the fuck is that from? That is from Anger Management, I believe. Oh, right, okay. I'm quite looking forward to the Anger Management episode. That one looks, uh, looks all right. Yeah, I quite like that film. How are you? I'm very good. Um, I'm really dreading this <laughs> this film, but I think before we start that, we should probably introduce yeah. ourselves because sometimes As we, we do forget to do week. that. <laughs> my name is Luke Terry. I'm here with my co-conspirator Luke Thomas. <laughs> We're taking a daring dive into the work of Adam Sandler. Oh, what a dive! Yeah, we will be watching every Adam Sandler film that's ever been made. Maybe a few TV shows and segments and YouTube shows as well that anything that the Sandman has shown his face and we're going to be watching. Yeah. When so, we watch them, what do we decide to do with them? Well, we decide if the films are of high quality work and that they belong to be put into the Sandler castle, which is just full mm. of cinematic gold. <laughs> like Big Daddy. Or alternatively, we might decide to take these films and throw them off of a cliff into the Sandler <laughs> pit, which is a hole of despair. We're here this week to watch another Sandler film. I think this is our first film starring Adam Sandler that is not part of the Happy Madison production. Oh, I think you are right, actually. Or maybe, was Big, da- Big Daddy wasn't the Happy Madison? That was before. Was it not? It was before, I think. Was it? Um... Like, I think, like, Big Daddy and... Like, when did Happy Madison start? It started in, like, the... So Juice Dilo was the first film. I think that... Big Daddy, even if it wasn't strictly a Happy it Madison wasn't. film, it has all the DNA okay. that went on to, to become a Happy Madison film. If that An early sense. ancestor. It's a successor to... Whereas this film, Bedtime Stories, is a Disney film. Right, I'm going to come out here now and, and fact-check you some, a storm because oh. Bedtime Stories is a Happy Madison production. Are you kidding me? I am not kidding you. It's a co-production with Happy wow. Madison and Disney. Do you know what? I am suddenly about 10 times more excited for Bedtime Stories now, knowing that. <laughs> so Bedtime Stories, Disney thought it would be a good idea. They thought... Family Dis- friendly. <laughs> who, who was the head of Disney at this point? Oh, it would have been... Um, it was the guy... Didn't they do it in Family Guy where... Um, the scary the guy. guy. He, put, he tries to pull out someone's heart. <laughs> this guy... Yeah. What's his name? Oh, hang on. <laughs> Eisner. Michael Eisner? Michael Eisner, maybe. Yeah, I think so. This and Michael crazy. Eisner, I think he was famously bad uh, when he was. Oh, no. September 2005, he'd already left. Oh. He, wow. was pushing, he was putting this off for his whole career, and then as soon as they went, they snatched up the opportunity. I think it was the guy, um, Bob Iger. It's oh, bloody Bob, Bob Iger. Iger. So his first, one of his first actions as CEO is to give uh, Happy Madison a call. 
something like, oh, we've seen your films. We think it will really go well with our family-friendly branding. Do you want to come up? Do you want to come on board? So this means that, but so we were doing this film as a bit of a step away from the usual <coughs> gross-out, insane comedies of Happy Madison films, where you'd usually expect to see, you know, Rob Schneider popping up, or Alan Covert, or any of those guys are going to pop up and do something horrible. There's a big yeah. chance now that we're going to watch bedtime stories, and there's going to be a kick in the nuts. There's going to be shouting. There's going to be Nick Swanson. Yeah. Very likely, and I think I'm that shocked. maybe maybe Walt Disney though might have been on set, and every time I don't know they bring on Peter Dante, and he's about to like get hit in the nuts and go, "Ooh, that felt like Christmas." Uh, they'll some guy comes on, he's like, "Ah, stop, get that yeah. guy off set." Maybe like, this will be good. <laughs> you joking? Maybe because this film's a collaboration. Like the last time we had this, Longest Yard was a collaboration with. MTV. Oh, yeah. And that was another negatively responded film. Like, people hated that and we liked it. Yeah, but they managed to restrain him from doing most of his usual weird Sandler tropes. Maybe this time they're going to get all of the misogyny and all that stuff. And maybe this is going to be a heartfelt film full of joy and (laughs) shame. I hope that when you're doing the editing, you just cut out that little bit where you're like, I hope this is a light-hearted film of joy. And then you cut it with your reaction in a few days, which is probably going to be like, this is... Horseshit! Horseshit! <laughs> so, Bedtime Stories was released on Christmas Day in 2008, oh. which is probably why me and you haven't seen it before because we probably would have been a little bit too old at this point. You know, when you're in your teens, you think you're too cool for Disney and then you come back to it when you're a little bit, you're in like your later teens, you're like, why was I such a pretentious knobhead for nah, that time? Nah, Enchanted came out the year before this and I loved Enchanted. I saw it twice. It took twice. me a long time to it like twice. Enchanted. It's a good film. Really? I, I loved Enchanted. I saw it loads when it first came out. It was, it's what, still one of my favourites. I haven't watched it in a few years. but It is good, actually. I, I watched it not long ago, to be honest. I don't think I had that cynical thing about Disney when I was... I went through a real 12, phase 13. in my teens. I think I've mentioned on the podcast With before. With your long hair. My emo phase. <laughs> my fav- I was just talking about how good Fight Club and Clockwork Orange were all the time. <laughs> I still love those films, but I also love Paddington. <laughs> but yeah. I went for a real cynical phase at those points where I would probably only watch like Zack Snyder films. Oh dear. But I like now the I'm back to like in Rob Schneider films. <laughs> <laughs> I like the image of you like st- sat outside like swishing your hair around with like a big bonfire and you're just like throwing on Big Daddy DVD. Yeah. And then all I don't like you like, oh, anymore, Sandler. I don't That's need like. this shit anymore. Yeah. <laughs> throwing it on. Only like Will Ferrell now. <laughs> so it looks like it's got quite a good cast as well which is you know I just saw one of the cast members and the character they're playing and I don't want to talk about it but I feel like we're going to talk about it after. yeah I'm sure we will we'll have a lot oh. to talk about with this one um, oh. so what do you kind of expect with bedtime stories well I don't know anything about it except looking at the poster I think it's going to be like whimsical maybe he'll be telling his kid obviously a bedtime story and maybe they'll go into the world they're talking about um Mm -hmm. i feel like magic's going to be involved i feel like there's going to be some cgi animals yeah uh, and maybe some whimsy 
feel like there's going to be a lot of unearned heartfelt moments and I feel like it's going to be treacly as shit and I'm not looking forward to it. Yeah, I don't think I'm, I'm not really looking forward to it. I'm intrigued, but I'm not, I'm not excited. I don't have high hopes for it. I think the fact that it is Happy Madison makes me a lot more intrigued. But overall, I don't think I'm going to be coming away wowed by it. (laughs) So as usual, we're going to have our Sandler scale, which is a list of 50 tropes that we've written down. And we're going to make a bingo sheet out of them. Uh, Feel free to play at home. Uh, If you go to our Twitter page at the Sandler Pit, you can find our Sandler Pit master list. And you can make your own bingo sheet at home. So we'll have separate ones each, nine different tropes. We'll see if we get a bingo, see what time it is and who wins on the Sander scale this week. Luke Thomas, you are currently our reigning champion with four wins to your name. Yeah, I'm really happy about that. It's on my CV already. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think this film's going to rate highly on the Sander scale? Um, The ones we've had so far, every single one has had a good, like, maybe 50% or more of the Sander scale. I think it's going to do quite well. Maybe not as much on the on the really bad aspects that are in more of his adult films, but I feel like you yeah. can easily get poo and fart. Like most of his tropes are quite childish. So yeah. them, along with his regular cameos, I think this is going to do just as well as any of these others, to be honest. I think that because it's going to have less of the rude stuff, I think it's going to have more of the slapstick, more of the shouting. It's just mm. he's going to be shouting nicer things. I'm just <laughs> going to get this in here now. I reckon that there will be poo and I reckon that the poo is going to be animal poo. Yeah, definitely. I was just about to say elephant poo, maybe he might be in the jungle and he steps in elephant poo and he says something like, ah, I was in San Diego yesterday. or something (laughs) like that. I feel like it's going to be a dog poo. I feel like that'll be oh, a yeah, maybe. like maybe in his house, maybe he's got a horrible life as he always does, and his dog's <laughs> had a poo in the landing, and he steps in it. He's like, "Oh God, what were you eating, Sonny?" I think I'm just kind of hoping that in this, because it's a kids' film, I'm hoping that they take the route of not making him a totally detestable, horrible man. I'm he hoping we get a likable family, Sandler, not a fed-up one. I think that he's still gonna be unlikable maybe not he's not fed up but maybe he'll be unlikable he's always unlikable yeah but he always wins us over by the end but then when we talk about it we still hate him (laughs) (laughs) as these characters so will he be a sunny kofax or will he be a hoobie halloween we're yet to see yeah well i think that's all we need to say before we go and watch the film grab a blanket grab your sander scale and cozy in for some bedtime stories oh lovely Listening to the Sandler Pit. For free! <laughs> this is sick! Wakey, wakey. <laughs> Disney's bedtime oh. stories has been viewed by Luke and Luke of the Sandler Pit. Yeah. Do you want to explain what this film is about? I'm, I can't remember what we said in the intro, but. Um, so we have Adam Sandler, and he's playing a guy called uh, Skeet- <laughs> Skeeter Bronson. The worst <laughs> character name ever. And he's playing this bloke and his dad uh, was the guy from Pirates of the Caribbean. He owned a really unsuccessful motel in California, I think, in the 1970s. And he ended up selling it to some guy who's Richard Griffiths. And and at the time he was like, oh, don't worry. One day your son will be the manager of this place. Years later, Skeeter Bronson is like a, a handyman and he no one likes him. Works in the hotel and then his sister has to go 
somewhere like Texas yeah, for a few, nice like a week. Goes. Yeah, and then Adam Sandler has to babysit her two children who are kind of sheltered. They've never eaten meat and sweets and, and watched TV or whatever. And then he tells them bedtime stories, but through Disney magic, whatever the kids say happens to uh, the Sandman the next day. And that's basically it. Yeah. What did you think of it? This film is so weird, but also so boring at the same time. <laughs> I was trying to really give it the benefit of the doubt because mm. a lot of Adam Sanders' humour is usually quite childish. Like There is usually a lot of yeah. slapstick, silly voices and all that stuff, and you do get it. I think that they should have gone more into the bedtime stories thing because all in all, I think the bedtime story sequences... I mean, um, don't get me wrong, they're not very good. They're mm. all a bit insane, weird CGI and racial stereotypes and yeah. unimaginative like knockoffs of other films. But for a film called Bedtime Stories, I think those sequences may be made up at most 20 minutes of the whole film. Yeah, obviously, probably. the stories about the bedtime stories coming true, but I feel like they missed the mark with showing you why he's niece and nephew eventually started liking him they kind of skipped over quite a lot of the stuff that might have given this a bit more heart and a bit yeah. more like creativity and fun and stuff I feel like they could have done more with that right I would have said to maybe ditch the whole of the ditch the whole hotel and just have just it make an it. uncle that doesn't have a great relationship with these kids he's come do something like he's come back from living in another country or something and yeah trying to reconnect tell them some stories it could have been it, it could have worked it's a good concept and they've got a good cast yeah definitely to some extent but yeah i think there's so much odd stuff in here there's a weird running joke about like a guinea pig with huge cgi eyes it's oh, never I funny it's just I hate scary um russell brand's here as well for some reason oh god it misses the mark really badly it would either have benefited from being a ruder film like his old his old ones because then there might have been a few more laughs yeah. If not, it could have benefited from like going more into the child side of things, being a fully fledged Disney film rather than a real half like, a Disney weird film. Frankenstein's monster of Disney and Happy Madison. Yeah. What did you think? For this podcast at the time of recording, I think the worst thing we've seen is Jack and Jill. I think we're both in agreement there. Yeah. And I think me and you personally, uh, away from this podcast, we've seen the grown ups films and we've seen. Um, that's my boy, um, which are both really, really terrible. Bedtime Stories is the worst Adam Sandler film I've ever seen, ever. I hated it. I thought this was one of the worst things I've ever seen. It was joyless, lifeless. It was a big bloated corpse of a film mm. that was so obnoxiously trying to be special or magic, and it's just not. It's just so just just appalling like it's nothing there's nothing good about it and like you said it could be forgiven if it was a jack and jill where it's absolutely terrible but it's funny how bad it is the same with that's my boy and grown-ups too this isn't funny because it's just boring and terrible and like you said russell brand is awful and so is that horrible guinea pig but yeah this was a this was a nightmare and i <laughs> i didn't enjoy it at all you're not going to be watching it with your family at christmas <laughs> no but I th I agree with you that there is a a germ of an idea there. There's, I yeah. think there's a good a good concept of uh, they say a bedtime story. The next day it comes true. I think that's quite a good concept, but it mm -hmm. it just really doesn't work here at all. 
I think even even if you just got rid of the whole of, of it coming true thing, or maybe like maybe these kids have crazy ideas and it becomes like a semi disaster film, like you know Jumanji, the original one, like that sort of thing. It gets it takes a long time to actually get into the bedtime stories side of things as well. There's like so much weird world building that you just don't really care about. Like the whole film's narrated by his dad, who's dead. How did he How die? He like they don't they don't say, do they? No. It just feels like such a waste that they got all these people in it because they have they have Guy Pierce as well, who's like yeah, he's one of the best parts of the film. He's still not very good. Um, I, I don't know. I just found so much stuff of it like really hard to even explain what was happening. Like there was a whole scene that I I think I got a note from that it was really weird that I don't know if they couldn't get all the actors one day or something. But there's just a whole scene that takes place in the dark. <laughs> Which scene? Early on in the film, it's like Richard Griffiths says something about like. Oh, that the light causes the, the germs. Cause yeah, you get a, he's cold, a bit of a cold if you're in the light or something. So like, there's this really odd scene where it lasts like five minutes and they're just in a dark hotel room just talking. <laughs> Isn't he meant to be... Who's that guy who went a bit crazy um, and got... Is it Howard Hughes? Like a like a business magnet. And then oh, right. he kind of became reclusive and eccentric. So I think they were trying to do that. But why put that in a kid's film? I don't... Exactly. Doesn't make any sense, does it? <laughs> exactly. As always, Adam Sandler plays a very unlikable character. Yeah, Skeeter Bronson is horrible. Yeah, Skeeter Bronson's um, not very nice. But um, Kerry Russell's character, who's the love interest by the end of the film, at the start, he just randomly he really hates her. Yeah, why does he hate her? I don't know. She She's just bad. like nice and helpful, really, isn't she, for the most part? <laughs> Do you remember why Adam Sandler hadn't seen those kids for a couple of years? It is because he, he gave his brother-in-law a wedgie. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> he had a fight with their dad and Wedgie. <laughs> he didn't see the kids for four years or something. Was it worth it, Adam? Was it worth <laughs> it, Skeeter? Yeah, I think that really goes into the problem with Skeeter Bronson. Not only is his name ridiculous, like every time they said his name, it was I, I started laughing. Yeah. And that's the only time I laughed in the whole film, was mm-hmm. everyone kept saying Stupid Skeeter. Name. My first note is, why is this kid called Skeeter? Yeah. And my next note is... Sandler is grown up Skeeter Bronson. <laughs> <laughs> is it a name? I've never heard anyone called Skeeter. Skeeter. So Skeeter baby name meaning an origin uh, off the parents.com website. It's going to mean like dreamer or storyteller or something stupid like that. What does it say? It says sort of like Scooter and Scout, but far more quirky. Skeeter is a jokey nickname for a kid who darts and weaves like a little mosquito. <laughs> Does he? Okay, does that's he, quite good. <laughs> does he dart and weave like a little mosquito? <laughs> so when we were first looking at this film, I thought it was a straight up Disney film, and I think it probably would have yeah. been better if it was a straight up Disney film. Yeah, definitely. But instead, it's a weird collaboration with Happy Madison. They're, I think it's their only film that isn't PG thirteen rated or higher in the US. Um, over here, I guess that's it. Is probably a PG. Maybe there's a few farts and little bit of violence and stuff in this, I guess. Yeah, I'd reckon it's a PG. But um, his films are usually for like teens or above, aren't they? And this is aiming a bit younger. They still have a lot of the Happy Madison tropes. So I'm sure we'll get to more when we talk about the Sandler scale. Yeah, but before lot. that, I would say they had a lot of the Happy Madison cameos, right? Let's leave the big ones till last. <laughs> right, they, they were... They, all right, okay, I criticised this film. I... I think I laughed at every single Happy Madison cameo. 
I think um, that's how he suckers you in, isn't it? Like you kind of forget what you're watching in these films because you're like, oh, there's that guy in that one. <laughs> All right, actually, I want to quickly clarify that the big one that we're going to talk about, I didn't laugh at. No. It. But the one before that... I laughed in shock, but not <laughs> yes, with it. So we, we had get... Alan Covert yes. in this as he a was bragging really rich guy. In a, was he in a Ferrari? I think so. Or he was in a, a good car, wasn't he? Yeah, so he's just like, he's just shouting at Skeeter Bronson in a traf- the traffic lights or something like that, isn't he? Adam Sanders yeah. says something to him like, oh, that's a nice car. And he's like, yeah, it's nice. I bet you wish you had it or something like that. He says something like, if you took every paycheck from now for the next 500 years, then maybe you'd be able to afford it. <laughs> so he's really rude. Um, yeah. I, and I my like only note is in capital letters that he shouts, Awooga, as he drives away. That's definitely a reason to watch Bedtime Stories is for the little Alan Covert. Alan Covert's bit is good because it would mean nothing to the little children watching this Disney film. (laughs) Exactly. Who's that incredible actor? Come on, it's the... the, the, (laughs) Haven't you seen The Wedding Singer? The guy with the jacket from The Wedding Singer. (laughs) And one of the lawyers from Big Daddy. (laughs) One of the gay men from Big Daddy. (laughs) As well as Alan Covert, we also had Jonathan Loughran. Jonathan Loughran! I think he was the last one to be in it, maybe. Yeah, he was... Oh no, he wasn't actually. There was one more after him. Oh, okay. Skeeter does a pitch where he's been stung by a bumblebee it affects the way he talks because he's been stung on his tongue so he's like talking in gibberish which is just a usual sandler thing um yeah jonathan loughran like approaches him afterwards and he's like oh that was a great pitch man (laughs) something like that (laughs) i wrote in my notes oh no it's loughran or loughran sad i recognize him now (laughs) (laughs) a few scenes later we had nick swardson in it as a builder in the most unnecessary cameo ever. I think I wrote down a quote of his in the film that made me laugh. Check the rooms before making the booms when oh, he's about it. to explode the school. Yeah, that's, that's quite, quite good, good actually, isn't it? Yeah, that was good. Yeah. That's quite good. Maybe I loved it. Yeah. Well, it's all coming back to me now. I thought I didn't remember it, but suddenly I am remembering the whole film. <laughs> it's really stuck in my mind. The dad from Fifty First Dates was one of the Yeah, he's a motorbike cyclist. cyclists. Not cyc- motorcyclists. <laughs> motorcyclists. And uh, and Adam Sandler's uh, wife, Jackie Sandler, and her kids are in it, but I didn't catch that. So the first bedtime story, I think the first thing that happens is, he's he's got a funny name, actually. Adam Sandler's, it's like a medieval part. I, I think he's something like, Miss, he calls himself Mr. Underappreciated. Oh, yeah. Which and I then quite he, like. But then, then he... They change it, don't they, to Sir Fix-A-Lot. Sir Fix-A-Lot, yeah. A weird pun on... Sir Mix a lot from the nineties that none of the children would understand again. It's just full of outdated jokes because there's also he says, "Can you dig it?" from yeah from, from the uh, warriors. The warriors. <laughs> like, why would he say that in a kids' film? Not, like no children are going to catch these references, and even parents yeah. probably might not even catch them at this rate. They're not very uh, good for the young audience, I don't think. But yeah, the worst cameo in the film is your favourite. <laughs> Rob Schneider, my favorite actor, playing a, a Native American chief um, with a gigantic nose and a weird uh, tan and a very yeah bad tan. And then in this is in the bedtime story. And then in reality, he plays a, a mugger who's also a Native American. Yeah, well, he's wearing like clothes that would suggest that he is yeah. celebrating that heritage, I guess. But oh. it was insane when this happened. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh, he's got Rob Schneider in it. That's pretty interesting that Rob Schneider can now say he's been in a Disney film. Um, 
and then it hit me what the heck was going on oh it's so awful it's this is one of i'd say except for click this is his most racist i think this appearance. is worse you think this is worse I think than this click? Is the worst click is so obviously like an absurd gross out film yeah whereas in this he's appearing for adults yeah this one you're just a bit like know your audience like children watching this film he is literally like painted red in this he's like the same color as there they've got like a red horse the horse (laughs) it looks like rob schneider's face is like reflecting off of it because he's painted red as well for some reason it's huge nose like contact lenses i can't believe he says anything funny either he doesn't think he makes jokes or anything he's just there he says you can have it for free yeah, he looks into the camera and says, for free. For that free. was one bit that I remembered, but only because it was so bad and they said it like three times. That was awful. Yeah, the less said about that, the better, really. Rob Schneider being just the worst person. I think with the ever. state of everything, like this year, there's been a real wave of change hmm. with racism getting more recognition and like things getting cut out of films and tv shows and stuff and i think people talk a lot about like censoring the past but this isn't even that far in the past if this was in like i don't know mary poppins in the in the 60s or whatever it'd still be quite offensive now this came out in 2008 like how how the hell did they get away with it no i really didn't like rob schneider unless it really uh set the tone what did you think of um adam sandler's hair in this film I don't think it was much different to his hair usually, but oh, there's loads of jokes about it. No, it's it's shocking, mate. It's Is shocking. It? It's the worst hair I've not only the worst hair I've ever seen Sandler have, the worst hair I've seen anyone ever have. He's got right. these ridiculous big sideburns, and then his hair's he like those. it's like a semi mohawk. How did you not notice? I kept writing it over and over again. I was like, look at Sandler's hair. I didn't Who think it looked much that? different to usual. Nah, Skeeter Bronson has nasty hair. It looked a bit like kind of bushy, I guess. Fucking hell, yeah. every picture I'm finding on Google, he's got like a cowboy hat on or a helmet. <laughs> I really didn't like hair? his hair. Maybe I'm like a, I might be like the guy in Hoobie Halloween. What's his name? I keep forgetting it. The oh, guy, Tim Meadows. Tim Meadows. I'm like Tim Meadows. I might be just really jealous of Adam Sandler's hair. Yeah, he's because... got a very thick, what is it, luscious yeah. hair. And I have quite thinning hair. I noticed it more in like some of the bedtime story bits that he had like a bit of a fro going on. I have a real issue with his hair in this film. Every time he was on screen, I was just, that was all I was thinking about was his dumb hair. But there's a lot of jokes about his hair in this as well. I feel like he's not the kind of person that cares about his hair too much. No, you didn't. You didn't notice that in Hubie Halloween, he had like frosted tips. I didn't notice that. Which is still shocking me. I think I mentioned it and you just kind of glossed over it. Yeah, because I didn't notice. I think because I've got quite a, a small telly. So the thing I was watching it on, I just couldn't see these ridiculous... You were watching it orange. on your phone in bed, weren't you? <laughs> right, I'm going to mention two things that I hated. And I don't like this in a lot of films, and it was even worse here. So I really hated the soundtrack in this film. I don't know if you noticed it, but all the time it was like... It was like this horrible, whimsical, nightmare sound. Weird, mischievous Um, music. Yeah, and he was just trying to be whimsical and magical and, ooh, look at this. But it was Adam Sandler just walking around a hotel. Yeah, actually, you're you're right. I did kind of pick up on that because the score is very... It gives you that almost nostalgic, you feel like you're at Disneyland type thing. But yeah, everything that was happening on screen was very plain. Exactly. Like the I really establishing shots like at the it. start of this like rundown little motel the dad had. Mm. And it had like, yeah, 
the swell of like a weird little orchestra. Yeah, it didn't really work. You're right. So after about halfway through the film, Skeeter randomly becomes a bit more of a nice guy after not being very nice for the start of the film. Um, he says, I'm like the stink on your feet. I'll always be around. That's crazy. That's exactly what I was just about to say next. It doesn't. It's weird, isn't it? Uh, I wrote Sandler is the stink on my feet. <laughs> It'll never go away. No matter how hard you scrub. <laughs> I really want to get rid of this man from my life. And yet I scrub, scrub, scrub. And he ne- just never comes off. I don't like it when they exaggerate things to like a ridiculous extent. So like obviously the the mum of the kids who's played by Courtney Cox, she has a bit of a, I don't know. I don't know what kind of lifestyle she has, but she's a bit strict. Um, and she doesn't let her kids eat meat or gluten or watch TV ever. And I just really hate it in TV shows where it's like, oh, look, you're, we've got to eat wheat germ on rice cakes with banana and all that. And yeah. just, it was just too stupid and silly. Surely they had some like bean burgers in the fridge or something like that. Yeah. And like it was just too, it was just too far out. And then all the communist books isn't that what adam sandler says yeah that was a weird line for a kid's film wasn't it yeah i agree with what what you're saying as well and it goes to the point where i think being a vegetarian isn't like a strict thing is it always yeah i was choice (laughs) i was wringing my hands that might be why i don't like it because i I was raised vegetarian it was just so stupid the way they were showing it i was just like i hate this they they feed all the kids meat fair enough whatever but they feed the guinea pig meat as well <laughs> i'm like why are they doing this <laughs> what's wrong with them yeah that is him weird. and russell brand what was the mum's purpose with leaving the kids with skeeter i think at the end she's like the reason i left them with you is because i wanted them to get that sense of magic and and in the world again but i was like why the fuck did <laughs> don't you do that why do you just treat your kids like let them watch telly or whatever why did yeah. you need Adam Sandler to show them what telly was? Why did you need Adam Sandler to feed them burgers in a hotel room? There's a difference between being a bit more like freewheeling yeah. and like less uptight, but the difference between being uptight and then like feeding someone raised vegetarian meat is a bit weird. <laughs> they can have like serious stomach problems. He could be dealing with yeah, like diarrhea and stuff. Themselves <laughs> yeah. all night. <laughs> that would have been funnier. Maybe if it was a full on Happy Madison film, that's what it would have been about. <laughs> I would have got better on my Sandler scale if that had happened as well. What story did you think was the best story? So we had um, a Cowboys one. Uh, we had a medieval one. We had a we had one set in space that was a bit like Star Wars. And then we had... Ash Gordon, wasn't it? Yeah. And what the one before that, what was that? The chariot one? Yeah, the, the Roman kind of one. Yes, there's four stories. Which one do you think was the best? Fuck, I, I honestly think they were all pretty bad, to be honest. Yeah, I don't remember any of just, them. They were all like half a scene. The first one, which we'll probably talk about a bit more in my Sandler scale because I ticked off a big thing with it. It was like over before it started. Yeah. He kind of introduced all these characters in their setup and stuff. And then one of the kids said something like, oh, and why doesn't this happen? And then that happened. And then the scene ended. It wasn't like a mini story within a story or anything like that. Have you seen, what's it called? Is it A Monster Calls? Have you seen that film? I haven't, no. So that's a film where oh, I'm probably going to get it wrong because I watched it like years and years ago. But <laughs> that's one where I think there's a young boy and his mum's dying and like a tree comes to life and tells him these three short stories. Right. But they're all done really well because the stories have beginnings, middles and ends. You know, they're like 
short animated films within a film it works so much better because they actually are like basically like short films whereas these are just Adam Sandler saying wouldn't it be funny if I was riding a chariot over some animals or whatever it is and mm. why four as well four is it four scenes four stories uh, there's four stories I think yeah that's a weird amount isn't it if it was just free it'd be like I don't know they're just all a bit similar as well one's just him yeah. just riding a horse One's a CGI frog fighting with Guy Pearce, whatever that was. <laughs> the, bo- the bogey monster. The bogey monster, that's it. Like, yeah. they're all things that just, if they'd done three, focused them a bit more, given them all a little bit more time, it could have been just a bit more solid. Yeah. None of them stood out to me. Yeah, I think probably the space one was the best one, but I still didn't like it. Um, and the kids like set him on fire at the end and that's a huge thing at the end of the film because he keeps thinking he's gonna get set on fire yeah uh which that that bit was i think that had my own <laughs> gag in this that i actually enjoyed where he's driving to work and his radio every song it plays is about fire yeah. so he is like burn baby burn disco inferno and eternal flame and i think i'm on fire by is it like bruce springsteen yeah i thought that bit was quite funny other than that, though, nothing. No, um, I did find it weird that I know it's like magic, I guess, about the bedtime stories that it happens in real life. But um, his pitch for a new hotel idea was shit. And yeah. why did he win? Because his idea was let's do the idea that my dad did in the seventies that failed and bankrupted. And Guy Pierce's idea is let's make it a Broadway hotel. And then he does a musical number. That's the best yeah. bit of the film for me is when he does like a, a little musical number and everyone hates it. He does a really was, good song, doesn't he? Yeah, I was like, why is everyone hating this? This is a good idea. If I it was in it, New York, it would be good. I think if they did that as a hotel idea, I think it would do all right. Probably. They probably do have it. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, and then he turns very quickly after that into a maniac villain where he really wants to set he wants to explode the school himself whilst yeah. the kids are inside it. And then after he gets thwarted and Adam Sandler has opened his own motel, which is somehow successful, um, he keeps him as like a slave. <laughs> yeah, that was like weird, servant. wasn't it? Yeah. What was the need for that? Why did he work there? Why didn't he quit? <laughs> Why did he work to... for And for his Adam evil Sandler? girlfriend he was having an affair with as well was there. Oh yeah, that was that was pointless, wasn't it? Do you want me to tell you the thing I didn't like the most in this whole film? Rob Schneider, isn't it? Oh, except for Rob Schneider. Um, okay. It was the end, like in the third act, and everyone's really, really mad at Adam Sandler, uh, at Skeeter. Yeah. Um, the kids are mad at him because he wants to tear down the school. The teacher, love interest, is mad at him because he wants to tear down the school. He's the fucking handyman. Why are yeah. they all so mad at him? He has yeah, no say whatsoever. And they're all like acting as if he's the one who's authorised them to knock down the school. Like, is that how it works? Like, everyone's life no. in that town, like, they're all, they've all lost their jobs. There would be another would school. The they students... wouldn't just tear it down like that, would they? Yeah, where would all the students go? They'd have it to go to move to somewhere else. I agree. I, I remember watching that scene, the bit when he runs up to the school and the kids are like, I can't believe you've done this, or the teacher says yeah. it or something. I had to sort of check myself and be like, what are they all annoyed at? Did I miss something? Yeah, I was a bit like, this is this is weird because it's a Disney film and yeah, we spend a lot of our time ragging on these films for being stupid. And for that moment, I felt like I'd 
I felt stupid. I was like, how am I not keeping yeah. up with this kid's film? <laughs> and then it yeah, it dawned that they blamed him just because he, he won there. the pitch. If I was a caretaker or handyman in a hotel and that hotel decided to knock down my old school or whatever, it wouldn't be fucking on me. It'd be on yeah. like the management. <laughs> and Guy Pierce then goes to his the teacher love interest and he's like oh have you heard about what we're gonna do and then she blames him and i'm yeah, like what? of all people what's happening why why's skeeter getting blamed and then courtney cox goes and she's like i'm angry at you too and he's like why and then she's like because you told my kids that there's no such thing as happy endings in life that happened an hour and a half ago <laughs> yeah i also, forgot that it happened and since then they've done loads of things with happy endings until the kids decided two stories later to have an ending where no, I think the kids always, they always decided endings that didn't work out well didn't they like there was one where he got kicked by a dwarf that was the second story yeah there's one where like they say something about Abraham Lincoln falling on his head and it's just a coin but, oh yeah. yeah one last thing I want to say before we go to the Sanders scale what did go you think then. about was her name Violet was it Violet Nottingham oh the, the um, Paris Hilton Paris Hilton character. yeah because Adam Sandler spends, let's say, 60% of his film, like, sort of kind of lusting after her. Yeah. Trying to get the kids to, like, say stories where it ends with him, like, getting with her and all of this stuff. And she's uh, definitely, like, a good 25 years younger than him, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I don't know how old Adam Sandler was when this was filmed, but he's at least 40. And then she looks about 20. And um, yeah. And yeah, I had... Honestly, forgot about all about her until you just mentioned her. Yeah, uh, she's I just a, saw it in my notes saying she's a nothing character. That, like yeah. she's meant to be engaged to P- Guy Pierce. I don't think they share a scene. I think other than the first scene, there's like reference to them being together, but you could believe yeah. that they weren't, you know, there on the same filming days and stuff yeah. because they don't interact. And Adam Sandler doesn't. He doesn't seem to have any chemistry or like her, and it's not even implied he does until the kids say he does in the bedtime story and he's like ah oh, i'm gonna i'm gonna kiss her yeah or whatever something like oh, why don't i deserve a kiss oh it's really weird isn't it well while this is going on he doesn't realize until like the last 10 minutes that he actually likes kerry russell's character yeah he seems like a, a pretty decent person as as usual in these films like a, a standout for someone that's better than him and should yeah. really be hanging out with him she was a school teacher but at the end it's established that they both start a hotel business for Skeeter named after Skeeter's dad. So once again, it's just his dream that's been fulfilled and yeah, her character has no dream or no dream, no character, no story. Um, awful. Should we go to the Sander scale? Yep. I'll let you go first. You've mentioned your Sander scale a bit already. Yeah. So I got a line 35 minutes in, but I'm Pretty maybe good. about 25 minutes in. So I had everyone loves him and so so but kids definitely love him like he went to a party for his uh niece and nephew and all the kids are like laughing at all his stupid jokes yeah so i was like right kids very early doesn't he yeah so i crossed that off Uh, there's a nice property uh which is the hotel are you gonna contend me on that (laughs) doesn't own it but it doesn't say own it it, doesn't say yes to yeah Um, i think that's fine and then surprise cameo which I put as Rob Schneider, but really I think Alan Covert was more of a surprise and that was better. Other I think than it's a surprise that, cameo though. I think it's a bit hard to say it's a surprise when one of the yeah. Happy Madison boys turns up in this film. 
if I'm viewing it as a Disney film, I was surprised to see Alan Covert rock up. That's yeah, okay, yeah. Fair enough. I'll give you that. That's good. Um, <laughs> all right, the next ones you're not going to argue with too much. Uh, product placement, which mm-hmm. was obviously Ferrari, Cinnabon, a few other things, but I can't remember. Yeah, and then someone lot. talks gibberish. This is the most I've ever seen him speak gibberish. Yeah, well, he plays so he, he like, plays five separate characters technically, and every single one has a stupid voice. But his alien one has the worst one. Like he plays like a Han Solo type, but he can only talk in gibberish. Yeah. And then at the end of the film, he gets stung on the tongue by a bee when he's about to do a pitch. So he does a whole presentation, which is painfully unfunny Mm -hmm. uh, using his gibberish voice. And then finally, then the ones I didn't get, I didn't get a bald joke. I didn't get poo. I didn't get hit in the testicles and I didn't get an old joke. So. Oh, wow. that's, That's that. Well, not bad. You ready for mine? Go on then. So I, I got a bingo 35 minutes in at the appearance of um, Rob Schneider, I think it was. Oh, no. Yeah, mine was fart. I got a fart joke 35 minutes in, which was in Rob the Schneider's horse. scene. It was, yeah, the horse farted. Like they were starting up an engine and the horse farts. My line was that. Sandler sings, which happens early. He sings a song I've noted down. Barry has a Nottingham to the tune of Mary has a little lamb. Oh, yeah. Unearned heartfelt moment, which was in the, the whole, first That's dream. the whole film. <laughs> yeah, the whole film is that. But the first standout for me was in the first bedtime story. The bit I said about earlier, actually, when the, the girl says something like, oh, why doesn't the king just decide to give Sir Fix a lot a second chance? And then all of a sudden, it's like this scene becomes like an end scene of a film when everyone's really happy and Don't Stop Believing starts playing. Oh, my God. I forgot about the, the Don't Stop time. Believing scene. That's shocking. But yeah, um, I don't know why it happened. It was over the end credits of the film as well, wasn't it? Yeah. I also had Beautiful Wife, which was at the end. They were yep. obviously married. Man dressing as woman. There was a bit when Russell Brand was wearing a coconut bra. I ticked good at sports, which I felt a little bit iffy with. But there's a part where he executes a perfect handbrake turn into a puddle which then soaks paparazzi for him to win a woman over. Yeah, I think okay. that being able to do a handbrake turn is pretty impressive. I think if we'd have seen, if they'd have brought a basketball out there, he'd have been doing some really good dunks. So yeah, yeah probably. I'll give you that. He, he was also good at chariot racing, but that was in, a, in yeah. a bedtime story. But that's still Adam Sandler. Oh, and then he did a motorcycle chase at the end, actually, and was really good at that too. Oh yeah, he's so good at that. <laughs> I forgot about the motorbike chase. Well, that scene was quite good. I've ticked fat joke. There is literally just a fat man that washes up on the beach and he swallowed a fish and Adam Sandler kicks his stomach and he spits a fish out. I don't even remember that bit. Yeah, he's on like a date with Kerry Russell. They're just like walking. The bit when they nearly kiss under the pier. Yeah, I the remember that. The fat guy that. lying there, he just, just runs up and kicks him and the fish flies out of his mouth. <sighs> I also got Alan Covert. So I've got eight out of nine on this. The only one I didn't get was Injured Animal. Oh, you could contest that with the guinea pig after he eats that hamburger. I was thinking that. I was thinking he's obviously... Yeah. I think we've also got Animal in a bad situation. Yeah. I thought that I would think, have been better for that. I think you can get go with the full Sandler scale this week, to be honest. Really? Yeah. I, I, in fact, I was going to say, when we were going over mine, mine have barely, barely ones that I've just really done a big stretch on. So I feel like you have won the Sandler scale this week by far. Oh, I'm totally honoured. Do you think that filling out the Sandler scale, that should count as an automatic win? Like catching yeah, the snitch? Yeah, if you get all nine. Yeah, if you get all nine, you win. doesn't matter how long it takes. I think, you know what, when we started this, we said we were trying to use the Sandler scale to sort of measure which of his films are the most Sandler. 
And I mm. think this one gives a good a good go at it, to be honest. Yeah, this is this is a very Adam Sandler film, but it's also it does everything that Adam Sandler does bad, makes it so awful. Like I had such a horrible time watching this film. Afterwards, I just went straight to bed. Like didn't say a word to anyone. Didn't have a single so... story read to you. <laughs> Do you have any uh, trivia or anything that you want to say? Oh, I've got a few things. Probably nothing very good, let's be honest. <laughs> um, so Adam Sandler's bulldog, Mozza Ball, appears in this film. Yep, I, I saw that on the trivia page as well. Apparently, in test audiences, Russell Brand's performance scored the highest. How did we establish how bad he is in this film? He's This is the worst I've ever seen Russell Brand. The only thing that I liked that Russell Brand did in this film was that there was a weird running joke that he had sleep anxiety or something like that. The really not subtle way that they show that in this film is that he'll be sleeping and you won't know he's in the scene. Then all of a sudden he'll wake up and just scream. But, I didn't um, laugh at any of those No, I didn't laugh either, but I was just a bit like, wow, <laughs> they're really doing that. <laughs> uh, I have one more thing. Apparently in Brazil, this film was known as Um Faz de Conta Que Acontece. I, I got this too. And it's translated as a story that happens. That's, that's, that's a pretty apt summary, really. And there's another one, happened. actually, that's uh, <laughs> um, the Argentinian title. Did you see this one? No. God. Um, it's Cuentos que no son cuentos, which is tales that are not tales. That's got to be a wrong translation, but that, that did crack me up because I wish this wasn't a tale. I wish it wasn't a film. I wish I hadn't spent an hour and 41 minutes watching it. Right. Um, sod it. Let's let's get on to the next bit. Are you going to put this in the Sandler pit or the Sandler castle? When you think of Disney, mm. Walt Disney, the studio <laughs> logo, Disneyland, what do you see? <laughs> I don't know. Magic, charm. Or are you no, 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 no. Like, honestly, <laughs> surface think? level, what is the Disney logo? Oh, oh, it's a oh, it's a castle. It's a castle, isn't it? So at the start of this film, I can't remember if what the Disney logo was, but was there a castle at the start of it? Yeah, it was the uh, the Disney castle. That's the only castle this film's getting when it comes to my opinion. It might start with a castle, but it ends with a pit. This film is being thrown in the pit and buried under a sea of raining gumballs, and it's going to be buried alongside the cremated ashes of Rob Schneider playing a Native American with his fake prosthetic nose. <laughs> it's going to be buried so deep that no kid, adult, or CGI guinea pig ever has to watch this fucking film. <laughs> <laughs> How's Adam Sandler, Adam Shankman, Matt Lopez and Tim Hurley going to come back from that? That's what all I've got to say. That might have sounded yeah. harsh, that review, but I really didn't enjoy this film and I can't think of many redeeming qualities of it. So, Luke... Would you put this film in the Sandler Castle or the Sandler Pit? I'm getting in the pit right now. I've got a shovel and I'm digging the six foot that I dug into the existing pit. I'm pulling out Jack and Jill and I'm dusting it off and I'm looking at it and I'm saying, I was too harsh to you. And then I put it to one side. I dig another 10 foot. I cram bedtime stories right to the bottom of the hole. I punch it a few times in the head. I get the guinea pig. I kick it into the stratosphere. That's gone. I get Russell Brand. I pull his hair. <laughs> I shove him in there as well. I get my hands and I'm clawing the dirt over it. And then I'm putting Jack and Jill back six foot under. And yeah. then I'm digging the rest of the dirt in and I'm leaving the pit. You're waving higher to Click as you go past it. <laughs> <laughs> click is click is all right. 
click and belong in the castle compared to this. This is one of the shittest films ever made. It, and it's patronizing to the extent that it thinks it's going to be a Mary Poppins or a Bedknobs and Broomsticks. It thinks it's family fun and just exciting and magical. And nothing about it is, is worth anyone's time. This is the shittest film maybe I've ever seen. And, uh, and it belongs very deep down in our horrible, dark, dank pit. Well, you don't mince your words. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, we're in agreement, which is I was really is good, annoyed. I guess. I'm really annoyed. I thought that you were going to uh, you were going to like this one. No, I think I this could... this film is very light on the redeeming qualities. Really, in the other ones, we have like quotes that stick out, things that we remember. We're not going to be quoting anything from this in a yeah. few weeks' time, days' time, hours' time. Yeah. yeah, this is literally one to be forgotten. Uh, at least Jack and Jill gave us Dunkachino. This gave us nothing. I'm so. You know tired. what we need to lighten up our time. <laughs> the Sandler games. The Sandler games. Uh, this week I am doing it, and I'm doing um, a version of your game from episode two, which was what was it again? Was that you Sandler got... scrutiny? Sandler scrutiny. But this time, I've got a version of it called Five Star One Star. So I've gone through on letterbox.com and i found five star reviews and one star reviews of an adam sandler film and i want you to guess what the film is brilliant okay sounds good so the first one this is a five star review from a user called emo the most successful and perfectly balanced combination of sandler's humor and sandler's schmaltz schmaltz the half star review from projecting film. I always found it strange that this was considered one of the better Sandler comedies when it's just incredibly lazy. Maybe it's just the iconic Adam Sandler comedy in it that sucks. That'd be Big Daddy? Yes. Yes, well done. Oh, that was good, Straight wasn't it? Away. When right. you said emo, I was very close to saying Little Nicky. <laughs> this is a five-star review from Malcolm Penton. A near-perfect p- distillation of what makes Sandler cinema special. From the gross-out gags to the hangout vibe to his natural charisma, even down to the sweetness and inclusivity his work can exude. A pretty major work. Oh, my God. And also, I, I put in another five-star one here, which is fat equals funny. Five-star mm. from John Travolta fan 53. <laughs> And then the half a star review from Riley Spence 98 is, was that even a movie? I'm so drained from that experience. I literally have nothing else to add. I'm just so lost. How did this happen? How did I get here? What is the purpose of life? Help. That sounds like us after watching bedtime stories. But (laughs) I think when you say that one of the reviews is just fat equals funny, I would think maybe that could be click. But the fat scenes in that film aren't funny. They're incredibly sad. So (laughs) because of hangout vibes Mm. and inclusivity, because there's like a few families that are different races and he's like married to Mexican lady and stuff, I would go grown ups too. Yes, well done. (laughs) You're doing really well. Imagine giving that a five star review. I know from Dunker Kino. Uh, the second coming of Christ, if Christ was Adam Sandler as Jesus Christ. And the half star review from Startled Sloth is, I wish public executions were still a thing. <laughs> well, just because of his name, is it Jack and Jill? It's not Jack and Jill. I'll give oh. you one more guess. Think about the second coming of Christ. The do-over? No. Uh, it's Eight Crazy Nights. Oh. Seasonal classic. <laughs> 
second, uh, is Hanukkah the second coming of Christ there? No. <laughs> <laughs> this one from Sid Angioni. This is just one of those movies that doesn't deserve five stars, but I'm going to give five stars to anyway because of the cast and the fact that this movie is just all my niche requirements somehow met in a movie I wouldn't expect. Also, SpongeBob says fuck. And then the half star... I only watched the first 58 minutes because it's all I could find online and I refused to pay to watch this movie. The beginning was surprisingly interesting and funny and I thought I'd end, actually end up liking this movie, but it was laborious yeah. even to have on in the background. Don't really have a lot of good things to say about this movie other than the female characters have funny lines. It pains me to even think about giving this movie a single star. I... He's not the main character in this film. Right. This is a weirder one. I think we've spoken about it but you've definitely not seen it. I've not seen it. It's weird. Adam Sandler's in it, but not the main he, character. I don't even know what capacity he's even in this film. It shakes the clown. Yeah, well done. <laughs> yeah, because we've spoken about this. You're really excited to watch it. I was so, so excited for Shakes the Clown. SpongeBob says fuck. Apparently. Okay. Five stars from Class Royakers. Set out to watch 10 minutes of this and ended up just watching the whole goddamn thing, smiling ear to ear. I saw a thousand amazing little details I didn't even pick up on the first time I saw it. And why the fuck does it still feel weird saying that about an Adam Sandler production? So let me just say now, despite everything I may have said or thought about him in the past, he is truly a comedic genius. And then half star from Nick Robb. Every one of you who recommended this was a goddamn liar. It takes more time to watch each of these songs than it did the Sandman to write them. Songs. Songs. Kevin James YouTube. No, I'm joking. Um, that, hey, you're on the right lines. I'll it's give not you his like, stand-up or anything like that. Yeah, it's well done. Yeah, it's Is it 100% stand-up. fresh? Yeah, well done. <laughs> Uh, from Luke4S um, no clue how this movie ended up on my first Dell laptop but shit it did and it, I watched this a bunch by myself as like a 14 year old I think my sister Christina had a hard drive or one of her friends did with a bunch of movies and I handpicked that shit and put like five of them on my computer and eventually my iPod it was this movie Pineapple X Superbad and others I can't remember rewatched this is last night at my girlfriend's house and Godum instead of goddamn i stopped hooking up with her multiple times to pay attention and make her pay attention to some of the dialogue because this shit was so funny the younger gay son killed it and adam sandler's disbelief wow this shit is getting too long and going nowhere also that brooklyn song right in the beginning had me hype as a kid bye (laughs) and then the half a star from russell kusinian i believe i had a more pleasant experience at my dad's funeral (laughs) i'm trying to use that the similar films as like a timestamp of when this film might have come out. The fact that it's one of those good idea. download films. So I would be between Zohan and Chuck and Larry. I think because it's he said gay son, I think I'm going to say Chuck and Larry. Yeah! <laughs> you did so well. This one will, will get pretty quick. Pretty quick. Uh, Brian Yatko said, and it's probably horrible, but giving it five stars for my man Sandler. And then uh, Josh B. Eight. 173 half a star a waste of resources and unfortunate speeding up of the universe's natural entropic process uh hubie halloween yes (laughs) (laughs) we're flying right (laughs) the next one is from jazz uh five stars a perfect movie in my opinion draws you in and forces you to feel sorry for people you've never met the pacing in this movie is done perfectly and then the half star from cool jane used to love 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 this movie because of a stupid boy Watched it again and realized I was wearing my love goggles because this movie sucks. 
absolutely no plot. Adam Sandler's worst movie. Maybe I'm just being bitter. Uh, anyways, don't waste your time. That's a hard one. There's not really any any story hints in that one, is there? The Waterboy? No. Think uh, what a pretentious film boyfriend might have made someone watch. Probably Punch Drunk Love. Yeah, Punch Drunk Love. Well oh. done. Yeah, that's it. That's all of them. Well done. You end. did really well. Did you yeah. get all of them? Uh, I think there was one or two that I wouldn't say I got. That was a good one, though. I like that. That was a good game. Yeah, five star, one star. So that's the end of episode seven. We've done seven of these. Bloody hell. Bedtime stories. A very scathing review. Probably our least favorite film yet. Yep. Um, Do you have higher hopes for whatever we're watching next week? (laughs) No, uh, because next week we're going to be watching Sandy Wexler. Oh, what do you know about Sandy Wexler? Nothing. I've se- the poster I've seen on Netflix all the time. I know this is one of his uh, recent Netflix films. I know that they've usually got pretty bad reviews. Mm-hmm. But I liked Hoobie Halloween um, a fair bit, so maybe it'll be fine. What about you? I've, I've not seen it, and I didn't really know anything about it other than the name. Well, next week we can look forward to finding out what Sandy Wexler is, who Sandy Wexler is, and... <laughs> whether we're going to bury Sandy Wexler in the Sandler pit or let him live in the castle. Okay, so we'll see you next week for Sandy Wexler. But before then, it's a thank you to Joe Tarone for our beautiful theme music. If you want to get in touch with us, please send us an email to thesandlerpit at gmail.com. You can go to our Instagram or Twitter, which are both at the Sandler Pit. At the time of recording, we have no emails. If people do email us, we'll save them up for our Christmas Spectacular which is going to be a really <laughs> weird episode from what we've decided so far. Um, That's a good idea. And we'll read them all out, all zero of them on the Christmas special. <laughs> so come on, all five of our listeners, please make our Christmas come true and send us a goddamn email to our Sandler mail. All right, it's a Sandler bye from me and a Sandler bye from him. Pleasant dreams. What the heck is on my head right now? That's Bugsy, our guinea pig.